Welcome to episode 35 of the Pro Painted podcast um, in our, our new exciting format. It's really not that dramatically different. Um, so we, I, I'm joined by um, Mr. Ian Gilmore. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, good. loving life. Excellent, excellent. And uh, we've got you for a little bit because you've got potential, you know, you're going to be a dad, hopefully, in the near future. Yeah. So we can't steal you for too long. Um, yeah. I'll let you off. Not, 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 not in the immediate future, listeners. He's not in the well, fucking... Well, we don't know. I mean, it'd be amaz- it I mean? would be amazing if it happened while we were recording. I won't, I won't <laughs> lie. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, potentially I could, you know, join in for half hour from the uh, from the maternity unit. <laughs> I've heard potentially quite a long wait of doing nothing. So in between, in between contractions. Yeah, I just oh. want mute what you in the contractions. Well, no, I, I assumed it'd Good be stuff. like I assumed it'd be like a friends episode. So as soon as you know the baby's coming, me and Rob just jump in our cars and we're gonna we're gonna drive up to. Uh... God, where do you live? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. yeah, we'll just drive up to Liverpool. No. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, we'll film. We'll film the waiting room. We'll have some comedy, comedy moments. Someone might propose to somebody else. It'd be great. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> pro <propane laughs> on tour, and obviously you've already heard his voice. But I'm also joined by Rob. Rob the Illuminor Ellis. How are you? Yeah, boys I'm really... and girls. Very good, mate. Thanks for asking. Good, good. Good, I've, good, um, good. Yeah. And, and interestingly, my my phone now auto corrects every time I type Rob to Rod. Oh, excellent! And I was I was obviously talking about necrons and their their gauze rods and things, and it just kept changing it to rod. And um, <laughs> it is a sign. It got people proper confused. Uh, so yeah, it's a little tidbit. Um, so I've I've mentioned uh, we're going to a new format. As I said, it's not dramatically that different. Um, I will say thank you to everybody who, uh, who who voted in the poll I did on Twitter and who has spoken to me kind of privately uh, about what they'd like to hear on the podcast and what I've done is a kind of compromise that I think allows us to retain our enthusiasm for what we want to talk about is we're going to stick to our you know our kind of hobby catch-up and what we've been working on uh, on each episode so it doesn't matter what that is we'll, we'll just talk about it um, then we'll we'll go into de- designated dedicated sections for AOS and 40k with the plan that the first section to be AOS and the latter section to be 40k um, then followed with any any listener questions because they're quite general topics um, but it's not going to be a case that you'll listen to every episode and we'll chat for half of it about AOS and then chat half about 40k we'll just fill the sections or or not as the case may be depending on you know what's going on whether we've got some interest in it or not you know if i'm going to say a 40k event and i need to finish an army i'm probably going to be talking about 40k a lot more than i would um if i was just you know just plugging away the models i've got at the moment so hopefully you guys are happy with that as well you like that bit of freedom yeah yes yeah yeah freedom and freedom and structure uh, and just the ability to just rant on as much as we want um so i mean i've been i mean it's been a little while since we recorded because i wanted to, um, yeah, there's been so much going on recently um i wanted things to kind of settle down a little bit uh in regards to releases um obviously it's been a massive massive build up to last weekend's release of the new 40k um which came in the form of the indomitus box set and all the all the drama that surrounded that um which is still i find it entertaining that 
most places have it. You know, a lot of places still have it available. You know, Twitter's still people going, oh, well, but in the Aberdeen Games Workshop, they've got it in stock and things. So it's the same with like the Lumineth box set. You know, everyone was rushing out to buy that and you've got Element Games has still got 10 plus in stock. <laughs> you know, Boss Minis has got a couple on the shelf. Um, yeah. So that's been, that's been quite a whirlwind and it feels like now we're just kind of settling down a little bit. Um, so, I mean, uh, Ian, you've you've got other things on, on your mind, but, you know, have you been thinking or have you been plugging away at any hobby? Um, I've been trying to uh, clear the backlog a little bit. So I'm trying to, so I've painted, um, I haven't really been doing a lot. So I painted, um, I finished a How Respects the Tyranid, um, uh, like the big ET one. Yeah, I've still not seen your Tyranids. <laughs> I've not seen a single yeah. photo of one. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're not, um, they're okay. They're, they're, they're all designed to be like high-end tabletop. So not not great, but um, not spent that much time on it. Um, that sounds great. I think you should get some but, get some photos over to me, and I'm sure the listeners would love to to see them because you mentioned them a couple of times. I'll, um, uh, but, but yeah, the have specs been on half painted for about four years. Wow! Um, so Didn't know the kit was that old. Yeah. So it's um, when Rob and I were we were um, just was AOS one was launched. We had a foray into 40k at that point. Yes, I remember and that. And Rob bought a load of Tau, which he probably sold by now. I've um, got half of it on a shelf, I think. And I bought a load of Tyranids, which I am determined to actually finish. Um, so I think I've got 45-odd models left Okay. Um, to do a full like Horde army. Cool. And what, um, what's the 45 models you've got left, roughly? Is it uh, Warm or...? So I got about twenty termagants, twenty odd gargoyles, a couple of spore mines, a turvagon, a tyrannifex, and a flying hive tyrant, awesome. and a carnifex. That's a, that's a so great selection. A, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to do like the little, do a few little ones, and then do a big one as a treat. But Amazing. they are quite. Um, yeah, it's quite soul destroying Tyranids because essentially it's the same model again and again. Sure, well, the, on, a, on, a, on a different size. So it's yeah. The one you've just done yeah. is is that the one with the big mouth with all the tentacles coming out of it and the like tipping claws yeah. and things? Have you done anything yeah, funky with all the all the all the more? No, not really. Just painted it pink. Um, so yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it's just to do it as quite quick. Really, nothing. No, yeah, nothing to. Um, extravagant fairly box arty um so yeah so that's done and if um the other thing i've been doing which is very um been quite weirdly nice i've been doing a painted a mangler squig oh, okay which, um because I've, I've been over the last couple of years i've been um like keeping the tabs on how much how many models i bought every year sure how many models i painted etc and um i looked back on 2019 and realised of all the models I bought that year, I hadn't painted any of them. Wow. Um, so I thought I'd probably paint one. Um, so I decided to paint a mangler squig. But I paint, it's all in sub-assemblies. I've been just painting one sub-assembly at a time, finishing it, and then moving on to the next little bit, okay. which is kind of a, a weird way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so so did I sat down, spent an hour, painted a snotling. Nice. Finished. 
Then did yeah, no. Then a couple of days later, painted a chain. Then um, nice. so now yeah so everything's done apart from the two squigs themselves. So oh, okay, cool. I'm in the so. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing one of the squigs. So when, once that's done, do do you ever worry um, when you're kind of approaching things like that? Do you worry that you're losing? Um, you might lose a bit of consistency, or are you always confident you can just crack on with it? Um, I'm fairly. Um, it's the same recipes. So sure. I write the recipe, I write the recipes down, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very little um, mixing of colours. So yeah, it's, it's more the, um, the 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 technique generally stays the same. Doesn't get any better. Doesn't get any worse. It's the and the colours generally because they can can they not mix together much are consistent. So yeah, it's fairly fairly good because I've done the. Um, because I've done a, quite a few squigs over the years, all in yellow, and they all look fairly the same, even though they've been done years apart. So it's quite, yeah, yeah, not too, not too bothered about that. Yeah, it looks okay. It's quite a bit of a skill, to be honest, because I I know even within the projects I do, I do that sometimes you can, you know your colours, but even you just execution, if it's just a little bit off, if your highlight highlights aren't as thick as they were on the first model you did, then it can actually change the look of the model. I mean. I think a lot of people, when they look at it, would never notice anyway. But I think as painters, harking back to the you, your own worst critic, I you know I always tend to notice it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, I haven't noticed it. I might I'd probably look at it now with Good. more um, with more what's about uh, more of a critique eye. Um, but yeah, I haven't really noticed so far because it's um, yeah, just. I don't know, just one of these things where it seems to be consistent, don't seem to get worse or better. Just same old, same, same old, all muscle memory yeah. now. Yeah, pretty much. And but yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, so that's it, really. Cool. So it's been quite quiet, been quite nice. Have you, are you sticking to the yellow on your squigs, did you say, for the big boys as uh, well? Yeah, same. So yellow fade into white uh, on the underbelly and then black dots over the top as a pattern. Um, I'm not sure this... The one of the the one I'm doing the one at the bottom one at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to work out. I'm not sure whether he's actually got scales or whether they are part of that flesh. So I'm not sure whether he's going to have true scales on his back or not okay. so in black or whether it's going to be like the um, the spotty pattern. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, but yeah, yellow and black. So stay the same all the way through. So it should yeah it should look quite good hopefully. Awesome. I need to. You just reminded me. I need to look back at some photos of your squigs because um, I've got a, a patriarch to paint up soon for my Gene Steeler cult, and I want to do that kind of little mottling effect around his yeah. head. And it's something I've I've fucked up a lot of times in the past, and, and, and it just looks terrible. The, the best way to I found to do it is do all the um, the big splodges first. Yeah. Uh, leave it dry, and then go back and do the smaller bits. Right. Okay. So you got the 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 um like the basic pattern down, yeah. And you and you're coming back and you're doing like filling in the gaps almost and filling in the more finer stuff. Gotcha. Um, but that's worked. Um, that's the way I found it to be the easiest because it's um once it's dry you can almost I use I use um I know you hate it but I use the abandoned black air. Yeah. <sighs> Um, which essentially, if you make a mistake, you just wipe off with a thumb. It doesn't stain. <laughs> True. I suppose that is a benefit uh, of a bad and black. Do you say using the air paint as well? Yeah, 
yes, it's a little bit thinner. Sure. Um, but if you've got the black, if you've got the big black dots dry in the first place, if you make a mistake with the smaller stuff, you can just you can just wipe one section of it off rather than all of it. Gotcha. That sounds good. Well, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've made a mental note of that because uh, it's definitely something I'm going to have to remember when I work on my own. Well, great. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you've been up to something. Has there been? I mean, obviously, you want you want to finish your Tyranids. You, you're kind of finishing off your 20, doing something for 2019. Um, has there anything been going on that's caught your attention? Is anything that's kind of started to prise your wallet open? Um, there's quite a few things that are going to be imminent. Um, that hasn't arrived yet is the um, Shades by uh, Daughters of Cain. Yes. The Warcry Dark Elves, or I'm not sure what they are, like the shady type ones. Yeah, well, interesting you should um, say that, because Warhammer Community Today, I don't know if you've seen it, they've done an article, which is the gods, uh, the Elven Pantheon. Yeah. And the first one on there is, um, I was going to say Malfurion, but it's not Malfurion, that's fucking Warcraft. Uh, is it Malarian? Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. Malarian. So he's, he's it's interesting yes. to see kind of literally, thanks Rob, um, it's interesting literally, you know, <laughs> here's the here's Pantheon, here, here he is. Um, we don't know what's going on. In the Lumineth book, it talks about shadowy demons under the employ of... Uh, under the employee of him and yeah. then it kind of moves on so it's a bit like oh, we could be getting some shadow elves soon but I'm trying you know it's don't get too excited about shadow elves I don't see them doing another elven faction um, for a while yet Yeah, but it's hard um, not to get your juices the other, going the other thing I'm quite looking forward to um, buying is the, um, the what was previewed very briefly on for the Saturdays the what looks like a death guard model uh, at the 40k, the 40K it's like only, yeah, there's only snippets of it in yes. the video they did of all the, uh, no, um, yeah, it was like an, it was like an and then obviously they've they've done the full reveal for the the sister of battle. Yeah, so it looks like one Death Guard model. So yeah, I've got all my, I've got, I think I've got every thing they've released now in plastic for the Death Guard. Cool. It's um, weird. It does feel like a Death Guard really does feel like a very characterful collector's army. Yeah, because they're all different. And they're all really nice models. Yeah. It's a gorgeous so can, range. Yeah. Um, so I'm, once the Tyranids are finished, I'm hoping to make a start on that. Brilliant. That's the next, yeah. So it's um, going to be just ticking over. I'm hopefully just going to, um, once the mangy screws out the way, I think I'm going to do some... Uh, I thought you were going to say when the baby arrives. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my plan is that like on paternity leave, I'll finish the Mangler. Sure. Because I'm pretty sure I'll have loads of free time rather than just be, you know, tired and, yeah, running around like a blue-ass fly. It'd be uh, amazing if you call your child Mangler Squig. It's on the list <laughs> as an option. Uh, brilliant. All right, well, thanks for that, Ian. Um, what about you, Rob? Have you been plugging away any projects? Um. No, not really. Uh, yeah, you've been doing a bit. I've been doing a bit, and I, um, I can't remember where we sort of got onto the last time we we recorded. But I think you finished. Um, it. We were having a good laugh about you finishing your fourth horror. It was actually your third. Oh no, that it would it would have been my it was. I thought it was my fifth, but it was my fourth. <laughs> there we um, go. But ironically, ironically, I um, without doing much. <laughs> I finished another 40% of the unit 
uh, without having to actually paint anything because they FAQ'd it down to the Gaunt Summoner can only summon five. It's amazing. So I've only got one more model to do, uh, to do before that's finished. And it's the one, for, ironically, it's the one that I was saving up for a treat as the last model of the unit. And it's the one from Silver Tower. And he's sort of about 80% done. So I reckon I could get that done. But I'm uh, my focus is entirely on um, Necrons at the moment. So... Yeah, um, Q Terminator soundtrack here. Yes, yes. So the um, I just I I think the model range is great. It's not something that in the past I think the you know the I know that they they sort of I think it was the sixth edition Codex where they brought in a lot of the um, stuff like the the Tomb Blades and like you know they sort of they added to the range a bit, but it still was never something that kind of really floated my boat and it's only since they kind of and that was, I think that was a time when they they they, um, they sort of reimagined or, or sort of evolved the, the the narrative around them to be a bit more a bit more personality and stuff and they sort of started bringing in some of the special characters and everything but it's only really now with the new plastics where they've really gone in a direction that I quite like um, and you know stuff I think Big, for me uh, that the Necron range ran afoul of the fine cast generation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. the, um, I mean, stuff like, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a centerpiece with a swirly base. Um, so, you know, stuff like the Void Mind Dragon left. and, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, uh, the Void Dragon and, and the Silent King are both obviously fantastic models and, you know, the Indominus stuff. I've, I've, I, I picked up, um, uh, the Necron Cryptek uh, a little while ago. On the surfboard. Sort of gets, yeah, just get my sort of eye in with a colour scheme. And uh, assembled him drunk one evening and like <laughs> to, to, totally stuck a lot of stuff like back to front and stuff without reading anything he's right. So I kind of chucked him, wanted to chuck him in the bin. He's now sat in my bits box and went and got another one. And um, yeah, so he, he sat there waiting to be done. But then obviously my time, I, I picked up the Illumina model, um, which is fantastic and it's amazing but it's probably one of the most fiddliest models i've ever put together there's um, a lot there's a lot of that going on at the moment i've had um particularly with the 40k range i've had a, a couple of people message me about going have you built this yet have you done this yet have you put this together um the piston's yeah. been quite popular saying he's got some right fiddly bastard bits on him yeah and well there's, like, there's bits on like the uh, aluminum model there where he's holding the bio uh, gunk stuff in his hand and yeah. like his hand with the swirly bit in his hand is like three separate pieces right. like one is a, one is a swirly bit with a finger <laughs> that you attach to like his part and it's like I, I get why it's cut that way because of the swirl and uh, you know sort of what do they call it with those angles it's like an inverse angle so you couldn't attach it to the other piece because the CNC machine wouldn't be able to build the mould for it like that sure. so I understand yeah. why it's built the way it is but Jesus Christ um, but yeah, no, really, really digging the. I wanted to sort of do an army that wasn't necessarily, you know, that was kind of almost the polar opposite of what I was doing with my chaos stuff, and you know, no conversions, um, shocker, everyone, um, and a pretty standard, you know, an army, not necessarily a standard paint, like an easy paint scheme, but something that was perhaps a little bit more straightforward. Um, and, you know, there's not going to be too much, you know, the, I think the, the sort of the most time consuming bits and bobs is going to be the edge highlighting and the sort of the, the blending on the blades, you know, on on the on the bigger models. Um, 
so yeah, just uh, just plugging away with those. Really, just, I've just, I put together the Scorepeth. Is it Scorepeth Lord um, from the kit last night? And he, he's gone together like a dream. I haven't again with that's one thing with the the push fit stuff. I know me and Les chatted about, and he's mentioned on Twitter that it was his kind of what made him rage quit his uh, slaves to darkness stuff. Is a lot of this new push fit stuff is although it's you know it's wonderfully modelled and they're beautiful kits. It's quite hard to sub-assembly them yeah um, uh, because obviously they've possible. got a yeah unless you you know kind of work out what angle stuff is going on and then remove pegs and you know it'd be quite easy to do with like the Scorpeth Lord's arms for for instance but um, you know it's uh, in the account you, you kind of almost have to build especially the push fit stuff all in one go but I think a lot of it's been designed to accommodate that as well where the, a lot of open stances the the Necron warriors have got quite a lot of space between the guns and the bodies, so it's not um you know not as probably as a pain in the ass as it first might seem. So I think it's enjoy a little, that it's a little bit of a mix because I'm actually sat here looking at the uh, Eradicator sprue, which is the the new Gravis armored Marines with the the oh, uh, yeah, melter yeah. rifles, the melter dudes, yeah. And um, it's funny you talk about sub assemblies on those because the 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 backpack. Um, the backpack has a long, um, what do you call them, sprue um, bit that actually goes straight through the model, comes out the front of the chest, and then the gun, that's a location pin for the gun. So you glue the gun yeah, yeah, yeah. in the arms, and it's also got... So I was sat there going, that's a total bastard to do sub-assemblies for. Yeah. Um, the Scorpethlord's body is the same. He's got, he's, he's got a little back piece and that goes right through and that becomes the pin yeah. that holds the the front torso in but no it's um i, yeah, the, I don't yeah. think they gave like the idea of sub-assemblies i don't think that was no 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 not at all even I mean, I th- I th- no i mean i think but i, th- I do think that the um they look like quite you know they can be quite straightforward although you know there's no um you know i think the good the good thing is a, a large portion where you're know, going from saying like painting the pink horrors and having to layer and blend and highlight and recess shade and all the rest of it all you know various parts of their their body yeah all in that pink color you know going some, from something that you know very organic to completely the opposite really um you know and using the contrast paints as well which i've, I've sort of dabbled with it does give a you know there's a lot less it's pretty much a base coat color with contrast and edge highlight kind of deal yeah and, yeah for sure you know, without having to do any kind of over-the-top blending and stuff. Obviously, go to town on the, the character models a little bit. I can't wait to to, to get the Void Dragon um, model in hand. That'll be that'll be great. But um, what colour you plan on doing the glowy stuff, Rob? Um, do you know what I've been thinking? Right, so I, it's either going to be like the green from the box art, or yeah. it's going to go purple. Oh yeah, I was because um, I've seen. I think I've seen a mock-up of the Void Dragon, but done in like purple, you know, like like pur- quite bright purple, and it, lo- it does look awesome. I think yeah. it, that that kind of look. I think specifically with the Void Dragon would have quite a um, kind of a synth wave kind of electro color palette yeah. to it. If you went with, went with the pink, the yeah. pink, the pinky purple. I think that look cool, but I just um, you know me box art and all that. So I, you know, I, well, one thing I am doing that's slightly different to a lot of the box art, I, and I might sort of try it on on a on a character model. I think I'm gonna do it on the try the effect out on the 
on the main lord from the box set is is to with all of them have the um have their rib cages glowing yeah um so just just go for that one yeah it's just like go that one little sort of that just a couple of things on 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 the army and the models just to kick it up a little bit i think angel Um, graudez has done that on his yeah have you tried the new technical paint yet I haven't managed to get my hand on it, no. So I'm going to pick that up next weekend and uh, I have and give that a go. Any good? Yeah. It's really good, actually. Um, yeah. I actually think technically, like, it's a really good technical paint. Um, it separates like an absolute bastard. Uh, literally, I'm sat here looking at the pot, and it's yellow on top and green at the bottom, right. <laughs> which is weird. But no, I used it. Um, actually, you, you done with your hobby, Rob? Is that sort of bit? So I can talk about. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we can go into the sort of the model range and what you know but we're yeah. not 40k segment but yeah that's that's pretty much it um but yeah well i'll start talking about so we're talking about the technical it's the tesseract glow which um i mean i just love the name tesseract it just makes me think of um yeah. uh, the avengers anyway marvel you know um and oh yeah i'm really impressed with it so i'm starting my gene still occult army so i've been waiting for ninth edition to hit um gene still occult i think are I actually think they are the best 40k army um, that GW have done. And I mean, just the the model range, I think, is just outstanding. Um, I mean, I will say I've built some, the neophyte hybrids, which are kind of the very quite humanoid worker uh, guys, where you get them in units of 10. Um, They're some older kits, the mold lines are... They're a little bit of a bastard. You know, you've literally got them up and down the arms, up and down the guns. Um, but for me, I, I don't think anything comes close to the overall standard of that range. You know, it, it's an army that it loves all these little characters as well. And each of them are so unique and so insanely cool. Um, you've got like the Kellermorph. Yeah. Which is that the gunslinger? It's the gunslinger. And uh, in, he's, he's brilliant he's amazing and he you know he's a dream to build and in the in the actual rules for him are great like he's seen as like this uh kind of um anti-hero kind of cowboy a uh, good guy um within the gene stealer courts which i think is just is just fantastic um uh, the one thing i'm not such a fan of is things like the aberrants um I, oh are they the like the big culkin guys yeah i'm just I, I like them. I know. They remind me of Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, I, I, I get why people would like them, but for me, I they have that kind of slight tragic stupidness to them. Um, yeah. And I've always been one of those people where I like the cool side of things. Um, so that's the only. Thing. But I like the I, I like the idea behind them. Um, and I like the the biophagus who just like follows him around there. That's his experiments that he's been messing about with. Um, and I like the fact that you know they've got their own model for the patriarch um, and all the little uh, little attendants and things they get. I can't think what they call them. They're all like these little psychic manifestations. They look like tiny little gene stealers. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But yeah, it's just it's just it's a familiars, fact. isn't they? Familiars, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's literally it. But they've got different names for different ones. Um, no, you've got, you've got like, the Sanctus with his sniper rifle. Um, and again, the rules in game is that when he appears, he gets to shoot someone for free. Cause it's like he's he's got a perfect hiding spot and all this. So it's one of those arms where the book, I loved reading through the book. Um, you've got these great models. 
the one thing I am starting to struggle with a bit is there is a you get a lot of models in an army. I hadn't quite realised there's a lot of small infantry to paint, which is something I've not done for a while. Um, so I decided to wait till ninth edition hit, get the book in my hands, uh, read through the Crusade system, which we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more. Um, and I've decided to kind of pull in a few different uh, inspirations of the Gene Stiller cult. So aliens for me is is a big thing. Um, I like the idea of these guys all being miners and terraformers, um, and they've been you know converted to the cause by by a patriarch, which is very kind of aliens esque. Um, I even managed to build ten neophytes, which again, as I said, are like the human guys. Um, I wanted the normal guys that didn't have like heavy weapons and the leaders um, to just have auto guns because I like stuff having all the same guns. You can actually mix and match them. But I randomly built one guy with a shotgun, just totally unintentionally. So he's now going to be Hicks. So for all the games I play, he's always going to have to roll the dice separately for him because he's got a different gun and kind of see how he gets on. So it, it's quite it's quite fun to buy and build those little bits of narrative into it. Um, and I also wanted to wait to start Gene Silver Courts because I wanted to play around with the new paints. I mean, the ones that released aren't, aren't groundbreaking, but the fluorescent paint is great. So I used it over for lights um, and like... Um, Gene Stiller Courts have like shoulder lamps, um, which a lot of the times I would in the past I would have just gone to um, the Way Watcher Green Glaze and highlighted that up, um, but I decided to give this a try. So it's a very thin paint, so I thought a white undercoat. So I painted the area I was going to wash with it uh, uh, white, um, and it's it's really nice. It gives a really strong kind of has that fluorescent look to it and it does tint the colours around it quite nicely. Oh, nice. How's it compared to the Nighthaunt version? I I think Hexray Flame is dog shite. I, I we actually bought when Jen did her Nighthaunt army, we um we actually bought that for her to paint it with and um even just over a, a white GW undercoat it didn't settle properly. I don't know what on earth was going on with it. It just wouldn't work. I've never had success with it. I've tried it a couple of times yeah, it's very, yeah, it's, it's quite tricky to use. It's it like, it always it patchy. Yeah, it's almost like the pigment's it's not like quite it's, strong enough. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, one, it's one of those when you paint it on, you start it starts going splodgy and so it's got yeah. you almost like have I dipped this in washing up liquid before I put the wash on it kind of thing, um, or when you try and paint a bit of acrylic or a bit of plastic, or like a blister pack with paint. That, that's kind of yeah. what I go with Hex Ray. So I haven't been a fan, but um, I have found Tesseract Glow really good. So if you want um, just out the pot a nice simple glow effect for something like that, so I've done it for buttons and, and, and for the shoulder light, works really well. Uh, and then the other interesting ones have released is you know, they're not groundbreaking and they're not something that we particularly needed, but they're nice to have in kind of the uh, having your arsenal when you're painting. Sorry, that's some bases flick around as I pick up the paints. Um, so you've got the new base paint, which is Rune Lord Brass, um, which is weird because they do a layer of that already. Yeah, and it is, and it still feels a bit weird because it's a really light paint. You know, it really is. So it's it's great because you've got you've got a colour. It means if you want to paint brass, you don't have to start dark and then work your way up, which, as Rob said a lot in the past with metallics, is you really want to avoid highlighting as much as possible. So it's quite nice. I, I've actually really liked it. It's just a different metallic colour. Um, you know, sometimes when you're just painting something and you're like, this is all silver. I wish I could just I just had something else. Um 
and sometimes you might go for a bit of gold or a bit of the darker brass but it just looks brown whereas this really looks like a light metallic it's nice um and then you've got the new glaze which is the the cryptic armor shade gloss which i have tried over that metal it, it, it works really well it shades it brilliantly but i haven't used it for anything else yet um, I think there's some interesting things you can do with it. It's kind of, it feels like a bit of a mix between Reichland and Agrax, with oh, a bit right. more of a, a bit more of an Agrax tint to it. But I need to play around with it a bit more. Um, that sounds like it sounds like it could be quite nice over gold. Yeah, I think it will. So I'm really tempted to give that a try over gold because I've actually, uh, well, I've, I've been doing some other hobby recently and gone back to some of the colder gold. So using Agrax a bit because I've been using Reichland so much. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to kind of see if it's a mid-tone between the two. Um, and, but the highlight's really nice, which is the canoptic alloy. Um, again, like brass, the, the rune of brass is a light colour, but this is super light. So it's almost like a Stormhost silver brass. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely gives some interesting things. Like if you were, I was thinking of doing a, a kind of a dark, um, a black and brass, um, Caradron army um but i was going well if the black brass can look good but it's quite dark but with these new paints you can have a really light brass and i think it would really pop against the if you're going black and dark with the rest of the fatigues and things um so yeah i definitely am a fan of those i don't the brass stuff i think gives you extra options but i think the the tesseract glow is actually a really good paint just for everyone to have in their repertoire when you need to do some glowy bits um so if I was doing Necrons, uh, that I think they're great for that because you're actually working over that light silver. Uh, you wouldn't even really need to do the um, the light base coat, I don't think. I think a couple of couple of small uh, thin layers of that, you get a really nice glow effect going. So I, I would, um, yeah, I think they're definitely worth the pick up. I mean, I wouldn't rush to pick the others up, but Tesseract Glow is worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, since we last recorded, let me think what I've been up to. So I've only done my first model of my Gene Steeler Cults. Um, I've not decided on basing yet although I, he's on one of my zinch bases and of course people straight away go oh yeah basing looks really good it's like no it's it's just a placeholder <laughs> it's not for the actual model um but i've gone for the it's quite a standard scheme because i really like the idea of the off-white armor and yeah. um orange fatigues i like the kind of worker prisoner kind of vibes it gives um and i also really like the screamer pink they use for the insignias and things so i've got like a screamer pink um stripe going down the shoulder pad and done one of my favorite things which is you paint the stripe and then you paint the base coat in to do the chipping and just for so little work <laughs> it just looks brilliant um but i'm quite liking the idea of doing um snow bases but doing them kind of a, maybe kind of an industrial so it's like an industrial like arctic station underneath and then it's got the snow on top so you've got quite oh, yeah. a, so the actual base nice. is quite light and dark that'd be quite like the um give the like the, have you seen the the horror film the thing oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah that's exactly, that, that kind of yeah. that kind of feel yeah that's exactly yeah. what i was thinking but what i was thinking of doing is just thinking far ahead into the future um for a display board i'd quite like to do a 40k version of the um, of Hadley's Hope, the colony from Aliens, to kind of have like the these are different buildings and make those kind of low kind of arch shapes and have like the APC parked out the front and stuff. I think it'd be quite quite a cool little display board and just do snow over that. Yeah, sounds sweet. Yeah, 
I'll bring all that. Game over, man. Game over. And it's um, there's other like stuff like um, Dead Space as well is a bit bit of an inspiration behind it. So, um, I'm kind of working that into the narrative of the army, kind of thinking where I want to go forward with it. I was too scared to ever play those games. Uh, Dead Space is amazing. Like the first one is just something else. There's there's nothing. They've not really done any game like that. The sequels became too combaty and actiony, but the original Dead Space is just oh, such a good game. I go back and play it every now and again. Um, but while I've been doing that, I've been as we were building up to the rele- uh, release of Ninth, um, I've been adding to my Blood Angels. Um, so those are as quite a big army now. Um, I think I'm up to about 300 power levels, which is about three times the size of a normal size game. So around about nice. six, around about 6,000 points. Um, a, lot, a lot of that used to be yours as well, Rob. Yes, yes, good. It's nice to see that it's still staying in the, in the family in the circle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, it's nice to uh, like you do some great conversions. I've got the um, you, like for example, you've done. I haven't painted them yet, but I've got the assault terminators with the lightning claws. Where oh, you, yeah. you went to the effort of actually putting the sanguinary guard torsos on the front. Oh, yeah, I remember them. They're a fucking pain in the ass to do. They were. So thank you for that. <laughs> they're on my, right. my to do list at some point. Um, so yeah, the Blood Angels have been a great treat to to do. Um, I don't know if anyone else finds this, but if you having an army where you can produce things to a standard you're happy with, they're not amazing. They're not at all. They, you know, they're they're a good tabletop standard, but that's it. Um, but I can crank them out so quickly. It's just so rewarding to do things for. Um, yeah. I think in two years... Kind of it's kind of my thinking with the, with the Necrons, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, if you're, if you're ever... If you're listening and you ever feel like that, don't don't even blink. Like, if you can get... An, if you can paint stuff you're happy with in a good time frame, cra- keep cracking at it. You know, it's it's really rewarding and it really makes you feel like you're achieving something. Um, you know, it's... Yeah. I was um, in a um, similar idea of doing an army quickly... Um, doing a Minotaur's army for 40k. It's a yeah. Space Marine chapter, which is the... Oh, okay. Uh, they got the, the brass armour. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. The, more brass. So it's spray them brass with the new spray. And um, but they don't do a transfer sheet. No. So it's kind of like... There's, um, so I'm sure you could pick up... I'm sure you could, there's, uh, there's plenty of places you could... I mean, I don't know how expensive they are. I know Forge World used to do one because of the, the Dab War stuff that they did. Yeah, no, they don't. So do. they are out... They are out there in the wild, but getting your hands on one. Do you know, I've, I I know someone that, that had quite a large Minotaur army. I'll give him a message, see if he's got any spare. Yeah, because I think that could be quite a quick army to do. Because so just a um, spray, dry brush and wash or and uh, maybe some contour paint as the recesses. Yeah. A couple of the, um, um, the special characters. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the special characters, I think, look a bit shit. Do you, do you not like them? They yeah, probably won't scale well with the new stuff. They forge yeah, the Terminator. Yeah, the yeah, Terminator is cool. Um, it's very Spartan. Yeah. So they look like they've um, uh, got that old, that era Greece. Um, Hopalite look. Yeah, exactly. But they, they look like they made a resin. So they look, in a, they look like in a different sculpting style to the plastics. I know what you mean. Yeah. This is kind of that case with some of the older Forge World models. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I might, cool. um, yeah, might, yeah, at some point might do that. Another 40k. I get, yeah, but um, mm. nice. Yeah, excellent. 
Um, well, actually, I was just just looking at him now. Um, I've only messed around with it slightly, but um, talking about the aberrants, um, I'm actually going to um, I'm kit bashing them with um, well, kit bashing them with. So one thing I found with Gene Stiller Colts is, I don't you've probably found this in with your brutes and things. When you build certain kits, I think we've become less used to this nowadays. But you build stuff like brutes, and the amount of awesome stuff you get left over. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get all the jagged gore hackers and stuff, all the two-handed weapons, and there's old stuff, and there's a peg leg guy, so you get either a peg leg left over or a foot. So it's like that, but times two with Gene Steeler Colts, because there's so many options on the sprues. It's insane. Um, I built five of the um, Acolyte hybrids, which is like the the first stage of the... um, the gene stealer infection um so they're still quite gene stealery so they're the proper like you know when you think like the old school gene stealer court ones with like the the three arms and the missile launchers yeah. and stuff it's those guys and um is it the, guy, is it the guys who got one claw arm yes yeah oh, and yeah. he's got like a lash whip and stuff yeah um so those guys it's it's mental i built the five models from the sprues and i had the two sprues in front of me and i'm like i've used half of this so many bits crazy um and i've ended up with two sets of goliaths from necromunda um and i've just gone well i reckon these work together and i think they work really well um i've just done like a tester guy um really like a really simple not going crazy with the conversions um and i think it works so i'm actually for my aberrants i'm actually going to have hawking necromunda gangers that have been tainted rather than um uh, the actual aberrant models themselves Nice. Because they've got all the big Very hammers good. and those big two-hand weapons yeah. and things that the Aberrants have. And they, they're outsized, aren't they? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're a bit yeah. bit beefier, which is what you want. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, and now I've also I think since we last recorded, I've, have I painted my Titanicus since then? Did I mention that? I can't remember. No. But I painted the Grand's uh, Master Edition of Titanicus, which is two Warlord Titans, and um, I think eight knights. I think it is. That was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that as a little side project. Um, and also, I've been taking part in something on, on Twitter um, run locally by Chippy Rick. So, Ricky Me uh, is running the AOS Realm Shift campaign. So, low commitment, little slow grow league uh, with a couple of the, the local lads um, to build up some AOS armies. Um, he's asked for a little bit of uh, background uh, each month, which, which grows over time. Um, you can play a game. Uh, you don't have to have your uh, army fully painted, but I'm using it as... You guys probably feel the same. Sometimes you just want to do something just to get stuff painted. And I've got just a whole shelf of Storm, Stormcast models. I think I've got about 30 sequiturs for some stupid reason. Um, so I'm using that to get painted up and... I'm, I've mentioned it on the past on previous episodes. I've got that, I had that shoot cast stormcast army, which is all about the shooting, um, which was painted in a really simple um, hammers of sigma color scheme. Um, but I actually used it all every single time as uh, anvils of the Helden hammer, which are the guys in the black armor with the, with the with the gold trim. So I've actually decided to kind of pay my penance and uh, paint them as anvils of Helden hammer, um, which again has been, I, I mean. Contrast paints for me more than anything have allowed me to paint black like never before. So these guys are um, Wraith, um, Gracier undercoat. I went for a cold one this time. Uh, one layer all over, straight out of the pot, bad, uh, Black Templar. Uh, 50-50 mix uh, of Black Templar and the contrast medium. 
Uh, that's it. Black Arm is done. Yeah, Black Templar is is very very good. Yeah, it really really is. And um, I do my very light chipping with Stormhouse Silver and an old paintbrush around the edges to get that. That's the armor done, and then painting the details. Um, but I put some kind of extra points of interest on there uh, because the anvils of the Helden Hammer are they they're not the same as the rest of the um, a lot of the other Stormcasts were saved during the time of chaos. So when it was all kicking off and everyone was dying and being killed by chaos, Sigma was going out and plucking all all the people. Um, but the anvils of Helden Hammer actually were chosen before that. So they're like heroes of old, but they've got a weird fascination with death. So I've added like schools kind of coming off um, uh, of their belts and things and uh, other kind of grisly trophies um, and, convert- and converted up my Lord Arcanum to have instead of his staff. He's got the, the really cool candles off the uh, chain rasp standard bearer. Um, and I've kind of had some also got bone reaper bits on him as well, just to give him a little bit of a flavor. Without, nice. dramati- without dramatically changing the model. Um, and I've gone for purple bases because it's Shaiish. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that fits really well. It's the same as my Fek army. Um, and um, what I've gone as well, it's funny, actually, I spent a lot of time looking online for the uh, anvils of the Helden Hammer. I'd seen them. People have painted skull faces on their masks. So really simple, just following the contours of the, 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 the helmets they wear. I made it look like a skull. I even asked on Twitter and nobody replied. I couldn't find it anywhere. Turns out it's in the fucking rule book, isn't it? It's in the Stormcast yeah. book. I think I said it somewhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Celestine Prime, they did it with the Celestine Prime in there. They've done it with uh, like a unit champion. It's just, oh, for fact's sake. Um, so I've done that on a couple, of, a couple of the models. I don't want it too much. Just a few of the models just to add a little bit of interest um, uh, across the factions. Um, so, yeah, so I've done that and then uh, I've, I painted an entire Necron army in a weekend so I'm, f- I'm feeling a bit of the Necron love as well Rob um, cool so that was super simple just silver Ethematic blue it's one of my other favourite um, contrast paints one coat of that paint the shoulders blue purple basing bish bash bosh done um, I painted up the Blood Angels half of Indomitus for um, a local gaming store Boss Minis Um because it's a tough time for them, you know, gaming stores, it's, uh, you know, the, the difficulties places like GW have obviously are huge, but a small business like that, and it's got to just move premises, so, you know, I put some time in over a weekend to get those all painted. Um, but yeah, nice. that's that's the highlight of my hobby, so it's it's quite a lot, and I've done a, a few of the less interesting bits in the meantime, but it's, it's been pretty furious. Um, Busy boy. Yeah, it's good, I'm at home working on working on my little business and um you know doing doing some miniature painting anyway so enough of a, a monologue from me um we'll take a little break and then we'll come back to chat a little bit of aos all right back in a second sweet welcome back so our first ever dedicated age of sigma section uh, which i suppose kind of was our previous podcast overall i guess but Whatever. Um, <laughs> so since we last recorded, I mean, it, it, Age of Sigmar is difficult for me because a lot of what I do around Sigmar is tournament based. Um, and I've actually found even the group chats I'm in. So we've got like a, a master's chat. Um, it's actually even quite hard to engage with people uh, like in conversation about um, like lists and ideas and stuff, because there's there's no real, real massive. Yeah, there's no real kind of massive buzz for it. 
which which I do kind of understand. Um, but obviously, since we've last recorded, we've had the General's Handbook uh, 2020 um, arrive, um, which I think I'm starting to appreciate it more as um, for the new content rather than just the point changes. Um, I mean, in the older versions of the General's Handbooks, you used to get all the different allegiances, um, which that's all gone now. Um, so the book is very much any new content they add to the game um, and then the points. Uh, and what they added this year is the they basically got rules for um, playing custom flying games, um, which is cool. I mean, right. and, and I mean that by it, it is cool. Um I'm not a hundred percent certain if it's something that I felt was um, beneficial in the general's handbook this year, but it, it it's cool to have something uh, of note. Of but it's basically a whole, literally a whole rule set and campaign system for playing games with flying characters. So you take your mega boss on Warcrusher and you fight your mates of the flying monsters, and there's got scenarios and different rules for how you fly around and. You, you you get better over time and you level up, so it's a bit of an RPG element to it. So it's it is the definition of cool, but don't know how much it would see play within my environment. I'm sure um, there'll be people out there who will make the use of it. Um, you know, and it's the kind of thing that you might go to RAW one year and uh, you you might see them yeah. use that for for a game or something. Um, is, I mean, I haven't seen the rules like, I mean, but I mean. Like, it, it sort of strikes me as things like that, along with some of the other. I mean, again, I'm not no great uh, sort of authority on the subject, but um, almost sort of like you could almost run a little mini campaign like that. Yes. It's almost sort of like your preamble to a, a game, a gaming club maybe, or yeah, it could be something you do on the side, you know, just because obviously people's time is a bit more. Obviously, this is stuff that was planned before you know the pandemic and stuff but it, it yeah, strikes me as being a sort of bit more easier not easier to pick up necessarily but just uh, a nice little appetizer to the main course that might be the sort of game that you've planned that evening yeah and i think it's one thing i do like about it is that it gives you a reason to keep hold of that general's handbook um yeah because it isn't well unless they update it every year which i don't think they will um um it, oh, so so the, it's more like this year we'll be doing a thing about mounted characters. This year we'll be doing something yeah. about that, and it kind of just builds up a, yeah. you know, if you fancy dipping in and out of these things. I mean, do you think they'll keep the print run like going then? Yes. On them. Yeah, absolutely. I think they always will because um, I, people like me, for example, um, like people. There's people who I, I know from experience that GW will only release a product that will appeal to the majority of their target audience. Um, yeah. and where you've got people who simply like a physical copy of something. Uh, you've got yeah. those, and you've got those who like the digital version. Okay, so that's split in half. But then you've got people like me, where I don't like owning digital versions of things because I don't own anything. I don't actually yeah. have anything. If GW decide to close down that service tomorrow, I've got nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know that with the books and things, you can download them, you get a, a digital copy of it. But that's my thinking. I don't like owning digital versions of things unless I absolutely have to. Um, so I think that that will always be the case. I mean, it does feel, I said this today, it feels a bit wasteful every year, kind of having something that's not relevant anymore. But then I do like the fact that we have these flyer rules in, so it has a worth, it has a value. Um, so that the kind of that was that's the first thing in the general's handbook. Um, but they've also something I really do appreciate is it's we've talked about it a lot. Well, we've 
the internet talks about it a lot, which is the the anvil of apotheosis. I think it's think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not sure, but basically, apotheosis. yeah, something like that. Anyway, it's it's a rule set for building custom characters, and it's a very good rule set. I am really enjoying GW's approach to Bunny Year's narrative by providing rules to do it. Um, yeah. I think it's a good. I know that, I, that there's different viewpoints on narrative you know people who play tournaments they play tournaments that's their viewpoint but within narrative because it's it, it's it's by definition not structured there's those people who i i'm a bit i'm a bit of a narrative player but i like having rules that allow me a structure within that framework of narrative some people like the idea of no rules you know they just yeah. go with whatever which is great if that works for them brilliant that's their narrative. So I really do appreciate GW as a company that makes models and makes rules for those models, providing narrative resources. Um, and yeah, it's not in the match play section of the book, but it does say, it does convert them to match play if you want to. You can make strong combinations. They're not game-breaking. They can be in certain factions. There's an issue with one of the abilities at the moment, which is just a command ability for plus one save, which can stack. Um, but it's like looking at being an Iron Jaws player and having an Iron Jaws army and just having the idea of going, I can now create a character on a Gorgrunter that can run around with Gorgrunters. Yeah. Like, that's just brilliant. Or, you know, yeah. if, if I want a, a priest kind of character in Iron Jaws, it allows you to do that. Um, same with Osseot Bone Reapers. If you want something a bit different, again, if you want something kind of a bit more monstrous as a character, it allows you to do that. If you want a character on a big undead mount in an Osseot Bone Reapers army, it allows you to do that. So I, th I think it's a fantastic section of the book. Um, my hope is that certain events in the UK allow the characters to be used uh, and encourage them. Just shouldn't be for all of them, I agree, but I think it'd be great to have a little selection of events to use them. So I've already said that going forward, any of the Painting Masters events, they will be used because that's what I was doing anyway. So the last Painting Masters, I gave people the War Scroll, got them to create a model yeah. for it. Now, I don't even really have to do that. I can actually just say to them, you know, this is the, this is the points limit you've got, or you go... For your first two games, you've got a little character. And then if you want to, you can make another model, which will scale up. And then for your last game, if you want to, you can make another model, which will scale up again. Um, so that's a fantastic resource. And then as part of that as well, it's got the... Um, it's basically got a campaign for multiplayer games. Multiplayer games um, fighting over a, a point of interest. So it's, it's that that's done by Sam. So it's a really really cool rule set. I haven't actually gone through it in detail enough yet because there's so much going on at the moment. Um, but I had a quick flick through and that seems really great. So I'm quite interested in how I can use that in AOS going forward. Um, then obviously we've got all the new match play scenarios which we won't go into detail on. Um, I think there's some great changes in there. Um, there's some interesting rules changes. The kind of gone back to like a previous year so not last year but the year before it's kind of in a way of approaching scenarios where you get extra points for scoring with monsters and heroes can only score some objectives um and but um, triumph have gone back to the sim the simpler ones again where you only get three so there's no longer six triumphs right so there's a lot of little, kind of little changes in there which you won't, won't go into in too much detail um but i mean it's great having the general's handbook and but events aren't really going forward. Um, a few small ones are. Um, you've got the Mancunian Carnage, which I think is the Element Games. 
um, that's going ahead. Uh, I think that's late August. Um, you've got Just Play putting on their their heat in Liverpool, which is end of November. Uh, and I think there's Onslaught up in Scotland, uh, or up in the north at least, uh, which is happening in, uh, in the next month or so. So it's great to see these little events happening. But I don't know if you feel the same as me, and this is no reflection. We, I've had to say this to one of our one of our lads, Mike, who's going up to Just Play. It's like this is no reflection on your your choice to go but for me i don't want to do events until i'm able to do the events i enjoy so i i don't want to be i don't want to maintain physical contact uh away from people and wear masks and things when playing games um it's not something that appeals i mean what about you would yeah i mean it it goes (laughs) Like, you know, obviously people go into tournaments and events for you know, completely different reasons and everyone's hobby is different. But, like, and it's, I'm not, you know, when, uh, be completely hypocritical and and, and uh, wrong of me to, to sort of say, well, people shouldn't be going to these things or whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's not the point. But I, I, get, I get 100% where you're coming from. Like, that's the reason I go to tournaments um, is what is, you know, the 99% for the, the social aspect of it and sort of me, you know, having to sort of go there with, with sort of constraints about, you know, distancing and, and, you know, masks and things like that just would, it almost like kind of taint my sort of over, not over, it wouldn't, I guess that's a bit, that's a bit um, over the top to say, but, you know, it, no, it no, almost, I agree. Do you know what I mean? It kind of Literally like you leave a bad t- bad taste in your mouth a little bit that you know it just wouldn't feel it just wouldn't feel right, and I wouldn't want to walk away from you know because that's not you know the, the other thing as well, mate is, and I'm sure everyone feels the same way is at the moment you know we're in a position where like you know I wouldn't want to be away, and again it sounds like I'm condemning people that are doing it, and I, I don't <laughs> mean, Jeremy, you know I, mean? I don't mean you know this in in in, in that this kind of, and how it's probably going to sound, but like from you know my time, you know even pre lockdown, my time um, you know away from my family after like um, you know coronavirus or not, you know it, you know I I can't you know my you know with, with young family and everything, like I've got a very uh you know i've got to consider you know how i spend the you know the, the times at kate's like yeah fine you can go to these things or whatever um you know i don't want to do it and almost sort of think, oh well i'd rather i'd rather save up my sort of tournament credits as it were to to when things are a bit back yeah. to some semblance of normality and, and you know whether or not that's you know, when a vaccine is available and I can just go, you know, everything is literally back to normal. Um, you know, and I think, I don't know when, honestly don't know when that'll be. And, you know, it's, you know, it has affected my motivation for things because, you know, I don't have a, a close gaming circle locally to me. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, going to these tournaments are literally you know, the only sort of game that I do. And, um, and it's you know it makes up a, a massive portion of my overall hobby interaction as well. Um, you know, not having those, you know, has been a bit you know, not to get too down, but as you know, has been one of the reasons why my motivation has been lacking. You know, I I sort yeah. of had my little planner worked out for getting everything ready for Face you know my zine charmer for Facehammer, you know, and I was plug you know I 
I, I was I was on honestly, you know, if I got if I you know I, I burnt out a little bit painting the horrors, so I thought, okay, well, I'll just assemble some other models that I need to assemble, or I'll basically, you know, I'll do at the very least I will do something to contribute towards the completion of that project. Um, and it was, you know, I was cracking on, and you know, again, burnt out on the horrors and started painting the chaos warriors and. You know, once you know, I got on a, you know, and I was getting through that then, and that's uh, as around about that time that, um, that it all, you know, it was just, it was. I think the the last event wasn't it? It was Tommy V two. Was in, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just, and and that was even then there was rumblings of, you know, normally in social gatherings and stuff. That was kind of just before the lockdown. Actually, about two weeks before the lockdown kicked in, I think. And um, you know, I was I was going great guns, but. You know, it's kind of, it kind of all, all ground halt, and you know, we work, you know, work's busy anyway, so that, that was never really an excuse. But I guess the, you know, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, kind of your priorities shift a little bit. And again, not to say that people are, you know, going to events have got their priorities wrong, because you know, everyone needs to have their release, and again, the, the hobby's the hobby. But like for me, I, I, I haven't really got anything to aim for, and I'm very much a right you know been in sales for the last 20 years i'm very target much driven. a target driven man <laughs> do you know what i mean and yeah, if, yeah, I, if i you know if i haven't got and it's, it's more about um yardsticks isn't it do you know what i mean and having sort of points in the journey that you can aim to and and that, that's kind of the rug's been pulled on, under my feet a little bit but when we'll, we'll go into the um 40k stuff like there's a little bit of a change to that uh, as it turns out so hopefully that'll it's kind of what's sort of got me going with the Necrons now but um yeah something like a new a new release can kind of you can get caught up in it um yeah I certainly do so that you know you kind of that motivation comes from that um and yeah to reiterate you know, if you want to do events oh god yeah no we're not passing comments at all I do honestly don't really know what I'm getting at by by bringing it up but I'm just interested in what other people's thoughts are um and it isn't that I, w- I want to do events and I don't want to wear a face mask is that you know, 50% of it is the physical interaction with mates that I want to catch up with. Um, if I can't do that, then I mean, events ain't cheap. Uh, you know, you're spending a lot of money for a hotel, um, travel, time, all that stuff. So it's quite a big commitment. But, you know, I think hopefully when the world starts getting back, back to normal a little bit, I can't wait to do events. But I want to do events where it's what I loved before. It got taken away from us. Um so yeah, I mean, obviously, so General's Handbook's out. Events are resurging. Uh, people are going forward and testing the waters, the brave souls that they are, testing them for the rest of us uh, wimps who just want to touch each other a bit too much and share beer, I guess. Um, but age sigma wise, is there anything kind of um, floating around well, in I, your bro pan at, brain pan at the moment? Yeah, I mean, and again, it was it was something that I tried to, you know, it was, it was always. Um, it's something that you know I had my eye on, and again I was, you know, not I don't suppose it's particularly well documented out there in social media, but kind of the initial reveals did leave me a little bit cold to begin with, and you know when the bigger, you know, again sucker for a centerpiece, but when the the, the bigger models and stuff were, were announced for the Lumineth, yeah, um, you know I hope that that kind of you know riding that new release wave like you just said. Um, would would help me kind of kickstart my mojo, but then you know, and I got the you know, Kate was kind enough um, to get me the Lumineth box as 
uh, part of my birthday present back at the end of June. Um, so obviously got a, the, the, the boxes right next to me actually, and it's been nice to to read through the the law and the, the codex, so codex the, the the army book, yeah. and um, you know it's, it's been great. So sort of listening to that, and uh, we'll listen, listen to a couple of podcasts as well. And, and the other thing as well, like and this is just more of a hobby aside, like over the last sort of five or six years, um, I kind of cycle out of the hobby for maybe a month or two, and like just the and it's all it happens a lot. Like I just you know just lose interest in it in in its entirety. You know, and I won't listen to podcasts. So I'll listen to just like you know, just general nerd podcasts or, or sort of stuff that catches my fancy in that regard. And I won't actually, I'll just sort of zone out from the hobby. Um, but then you know, nine times out of 10, I'll come back and something will catch my eye and I'll be right back into it again. Um, and I was hoping with that, with the, with the realm Lords, but I think because I, I think I perhaps, I think again, it was a bit of a FOMO with, with the, with the box set. Um, you know, like you said earlier, it's kind of, you know, and perhaps should have uh, sort of thought twice about it, but you know, with with copies still being available, and you know, it's, it's sat there, and I, you know, I do intend on doing an army once the other stuff is released. But I think having it as a st- little staggered as it was, um, you know, without the, the the bigger models, it's kind of like I've always, you know, treat, you get all the cool big models, and then you sort of fill out an army around that, yeah. and and you know, without you know, I've got the sort of the 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 chaff as it were but i haven't got any of the really really cool stuff no. so i think once you know and it's always you know if you're building an army it's kind of like you build the big centerpieces and you can't wait to paint them you you almost sort of to an extent begrudgingly paint the the infantry and it like you know you always it, you always said the troop tax isn't it do you know what i mean or yeah. core tax it's almost um, like an extreme example with the lumineth box which is obviously it's gw want to be releasing these models i mean there's mm. the delayed till september for reasons their yeah. release schedule was all over the place um through obviously what's going on um um but yeah at the moment it feels like an extreme case of you will you've bought those models so you'll paint them before you're allowed to buy any more like it's almost yeah. like self-forced and you can yeah, see yeah. people go so there's people who are going oh yeah i'm cracking on and getting all this stuff painted and there's others just there going, oh, like you say, oh, I've not really got the motor. Oh, when am I going to get the rest? Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean. Totally understand. Yeah. So you've got them stuck there. And the thing is, I know that well, hopefully once you know, stuff's starting to, you know, which I don't necessarily the right phrase, stuff's starting to return to a bit of normalcy. But, you know, we're, as a country, we're starting to adapt a little bit. And obviously the, the pressure on the economy is, is perhaps forcing certain companies' hands into reopening and, and things getting back, um, you know, on track as far as release schedules and things coming out and all the rest of it. So, you know, I, I can, you know, I don't think it's going to slow down. You know, I think we've had a bit of a lull now, but I think, once the you know the indomitus stuff you know I, I don't know what they've got planned i haven't really sort of read into any kind of spoilers about release dates and all the rest of it i know the um they say the space marine codex and necron codex is going to hit in october yeah so um i think you're going to have i mean i don't know what they're going to do in august perhaps the um the giants maybe um but uh i know obviously the lumineth coming in september and then you know the the marines and the necrons sort of October 
and it's going to be through into Christmas then, isn't it? You might get something AOS at the back end of the year, maybe some like a Shade Spiral War Cry or or whatever. But I think, what would you say that the the, the Necrons and the Marines are going to pretty much be the last sort of army books in either thing until the end of the year now? I think so. I think we're going to see for the rest of the year now is going to be Marines and Necrons. Um, yeah, and. There are plenty of releases that have announced. Again, looking at the article today, reminding me of the the Warcry um, Dark Elf warband. Reminding me, yeah. uh, we've got the um, Brutes, the Iron Jaw Brutes for yeah. for War for uh, Shadespire, and the um, you know the, there are releases that can fill up every week now till the end of the year, pretty much. I mean, you look at the Marine and Necron stuff. I mean, they're announcing stuff last weekend that we, we knew there was stuff coming and they've announced more stuff on top yeah, of what yeah. we knew was coming. And you're like, God, if they release Should one thing a week... Should we use that as a bit of a segue into, into the 40k chat then? Because there's yeah. loads of stuff to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll, we'll cap off the AOS there and uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll, we'll come back with some 40ks and we'll do the listener questions during this as well because they're all 40k focused. All right, back in a sec. Cool. Segway complete. Um, did you actually know the inventor of the Segway drove off a cliff on his Segway? Did he? Yes, how he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, was running after Manifest a dog. destiny. Something to do with a dog, running after a dog or something. Oh, I don't know. At least he died you know, doing the right thing. He <laughs> died doing what he loved. Yeah, chasing dogs. <laughs> died on a Segway. But yeah, anyway, so you're mentioning about Segway into 40k, so this is a good time to do it. Yeah, um, so... 40K. I guess... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was something that you're looking at the Necron range, and this is going to sound weird, right? But, like, the one thing that kind of, I don't know, like, I'm quite a fan of um, near science fiction and sci fantasy, as it were. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, you know, not too far in the future type stuff. Um, And, you know, and and as you know, I can you know, Age of Sigma, Wham, Fantasy Battle, whatever, it's Dungeons and Dragons, you know what I mean? Um, and okay. and it's kind of, and yeah, and and you know, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, as I sort of grew out of 40k, um, you know, when we sort of do around sort of teenage years, perhaps, you know, and, and go off and do different things, it was, you know, I always maintained like a uh, an interest in stuff like um like Gundam um and you know sort of more kind of that kind of um sort of science fiction type stuff yeah is why is it's kind of why I was like I think to an extent I've always kind of although I think the movies are better the Star Wars movies as a whole are better I think I've always been more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan because it was slightly more grounded in reality almost like in a way, no, nope, um, no. I think you're entirely yeah. right. I think I, 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 cons- to say. I consider myself one of those where I do genuinely like both. Uh, yeah. I think S- Star Wars is an easier thing to maintain a cool interest in because you know there's not really that much, um, and it's and it's quite well supported within within nerddom in regards to support of other products and things. Yeah. Um, whereas I think I think Star Trek Star Trek is a different kettle of fish because Star well the idea not so much nowadays I mean nowadays it's 
kind of turned into a bit of turgid shit. But um, the whole point of Star Trek was showing a a future um, that was not only possible, but also, you know... Attainable, it, almost. But it was also positive. You know, overall, yeah, yeah. it was positive. I mean, sure, you know, we you sit here now and you, you think about the Borg and... <laughs> or the negatives of it but that's yeah. you know where you had like the episodes of next generation where it was all about whether um data was considered a sentient being and should have his own rights and things yeah they're not the episodes that spring to mind uh but they were the ones you watched as a kid and actually they have quite a message behind them and there's some hell of a good um dialogue in them uh, as well yeah. um which unfortunately we've got uh, i was okay with discovery i don't know if you watched it um no. But um, the the new Picard is just just rubbish. I haven't sat through it yet. But people what it's fun. But anyway, yeah. So in, in, in that vein, um, and it's kind of like you know, forty thousand years in the future seems so far removed, and and I, and I guess reading more of um, you know, after speaking to Ian, who, who's read a lot of the, there are a lot of callbacks to there's sort of like Easter eggs and callbacks to more recent times in some of those books, you know, where it does link it to current time and stuff. Um, but especially with the, you know, reading more of the Necron um, background and fluff, um, they do seem as weird as it sounds like more, like probably one of the most realistic races in 40k. Right. Okay. Um, or, uh, because a lot of their technology, it's technology. It's yeah, not, I what you mean. we pray to make our tanks work. Yeah. And, you know, we come from like an alternate dimension, like hell dimension and stuff. It's like we, you know, we were, you know, techno, you know we were gifted this technology, you know, through uh, whatever means, you know, by star gods, which is a bit far-fetched. But, um, you know, like, uh, so it, it kind of feels like that a little bit. And um, I've always been quite a fan of... Um, ancient history and and like, like um science fiction uh things where they have like ancient alien races and stuff because sure. i find stuff that's come before us more yeah. interesting like stuff like the reapers in mass effect and, and all that kind of thing so um the next ones you know especially now they're starting to flesh out the characters and the models are cool like i could probably conceive myself as like a bit of an old school tomb kings fan but i never liked the model range yeah um so it's i like the idea of it you know, I just love the fact, you know, stuff like Nagash was taught by Dark Elves, you know, and like just all the, like the really sort of really far back in the history type stuff. I mean, the, the Nagash and everything, like I loved, absolutely loved, alongside the, um, like the Realm of Chaos and stuff, when I do like the Siege, Siege of Prague and all that, um, that um, there was the Nagash stuff that I loved. You know, the stories yeah. of Nagash yeah. and his rise and his fall and everything. That is just a great story and so just how it spans the eons like you know so it's just so sort of far it's quite epic you know yeah. in a way it's really it's probably it really one of the is biggest, like Skaven you know. and his ultimate you know one of his downfall is Skaven giving a poison blade to somebody it's gonna kill him but yeah. you know it's yeah it's very cool so um so it kind of pushed the, the and you know the new model ranges obviously helps with that kind of thing and I think you know they've got I think it's probably um you know obviously we you know we I'm old enough to remember, and probably a few of our listeners are probably old enough to remember, like the evolution of Warhammer as a uh, Warhammer 40k as a as a game as a whole. You know, from the the original uh, sort of Road Trader book, um, where there was artwork of three different space marines just sat in a bar drinking beers, and you know all that kind of stuff, and and 
there was, you know, the Horus Heresy was a, a just a, a little sidebar in the original Adaptus Titanicus yeah. book. Well, and on that note, on that note, I need to mention something because I'm going to do on. this going forward. Is I totally forgot until I just looked at a photo now of, do you remember when they released the box sets and you could buy Blood Angels in tactical Terminator armour? Yeah. That, for me, was like a big part of my youth when I was growing up. Always wanted those box sets. Um, power fists were called power gloves. Now, that is what I'm going to refer them to, uh, refer to them as in all my games. They're no longer power, power fists, power gloves. Power gloves, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, just... Uh, I think with um, you know, going back to I think you know it's it's, it's been quite you know Necrons. I remember, you know, remember getting the original. Um, I don't think I got. It, I think my brother got it. But the uh, Milton Bradley slash Games Workshop uh, Space Crusade box set. That's how it started. Yeah, with the, the the white Chaos androids. Yeah. Um, in them and and you know sort of seeing them evolve. There's that that. Uh, that Necron, like the first Necron Warriors, looked, looked terrible. Like the and, and oh, they were so cool at the time. Honestly, though, at the time though, they were something. Yeah. Like, oh my god, Completely we've got different. Yeah. We've got Terminators or a bit Egyptian. Yeah, and and but to see and and from to see that, I think the they're probably one of the um sort of races in 40k that have evolved the most as far as their miniature range. Yeah. Um, you know, Marines have Within gotten a time slightly... Within definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Marines have gotten bigger. You know, El, you know, Christ, there's, you know, the Aspect Warriors are still, you know, almost, I think a few of them are still, like, 20 years old, aren't they? Some of the... I know they've gone through... They've yeah, gone through a couple of redesigns, but... I was having this conversation the... recently. Like, I, I do... Like, I don't mind them doing loads more Primaris stuff because it's Space Marines, but I do yeah. totally understand the fact that Eldar still have those Swooping Hawk models. They still yeah. have those Warp Spider models. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, the... the, the um, I think the the basic chassis for the Warp Spider is 20 years old now. Just... The Falcon Grav tank came out in 2000, and obviously the Warp Spider was a... Not warp spider, sorry. No, what's the wave serpent? Sorry, it was. Um, but all those, they like think they're good design. They were modern, ahead of their time designs, oh, definitely. which still look great now. Um, I still like falcons and stuff. I still think they look great, but yeah, you pop some warp spiders on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so you know, you like the just. I think the the, the model range and and again with the you know the stuff they've they've the. The Primaris and the the Necron stuff that they've they brought out, you know, it's a it's a bit of a sort of a broken record. I'm sure a lot of people have, have been saying it, and yeah. but the just the range itself is just they're just both incredible, and they really kind of cap, you know I've, I've done Space Marine, well, I sort of started and finished and sold, God knows how many Space Marine armies, and it was never you know I've yet to paint a Primaris, and they're meant to be you know a bit more of a painter's dream, you know, a bit bigger areas and stuff, and I. I do like, actually like Stormcast. They're just nice to paint, and then they're done. Yeah, Fish back, but... yeah, and um, but the the warriors. I, I, you know, I also wanted an army that I could. Going back to what you were saying about just having a fairly straightforward paint scheme, not having to worry about conversions, not really having to worry too much about me going overboard with them, but just have something that I can knock out almost, just to have that kind of see if I can get that sense of completion. Uh, in a relatively quick time frame 
um, you know, it's quite, it's been, it's been quite important. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a friend of mine, a friend of the family who, who, who does play, um, uh, 40k and his brother does and they've got a couple of mates that they live live just up the road from me they've got like, the gazebos out and everything and they, they they're playing i think every so i think it's every sunday the afternoon they have a game of uh they have a couple of games of 40k so um you know i might just get the you know get the some necrons assembled at the very least and and spray them up and take them along and, and see how i you know try and sort of uh you get back into it a little bit, play some games, but again, yeah. it's that whole. Cool. Well, hopefully, when things are a bit more open, uh, yeah, and get you down here for uh, yeah, definitely 100%. week weekend and games and stuff while events aren't kind of finding their feet. Yeah, well, what do, would you, and as far as the Necron range, then what, what's kind of uh, what are your sort of uh, your your hits and misses with the with it all? Well, as well, far as what, what you like. Sure. Well, what I'll do, actually, is we're going to do listener questions in this section, and this is perfect okay. because Dylan on Twitter asked us, actually said, talk about those sweet new Necrons. So oh, okay. actually <laughs> answering a listener question right now. Awesome. Um, I mean, for me, I've really, I've always loved um, the Destroyers. I've always yeah. had a real um, strong pull on me. I just, I like the idea that they're just floaty, shooty guys. Um, I think the aesthetics on them very quite different to a lot of things you get in 40k um i like the fact they're front heavy um you know quite different to like the eldar skimmers and flyers and stuff yeah um and then they introduced the you know in the background that they were they're basically slightly deranged and they're really angry and they don't like people um so they're just going around destroying things which which i really liked and the actual destroyer lord i think it's one of my favorite sculpts even now i think it's i think it's just awesome yeah and uh, yeah, I mean, going back and it's quite cool, sort of uh, going on like whatever forty k Wikipedia and stuff, and actually reading up on some of the, the, the you know the fluff about the destroyer cults and 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 uh, all the different kind of sort of sub factions within Necrons, giving them a bit more, you know, sort of uh, sort of fill, filling them out with a little bit more of a narrative to them, and you know that helps you certainly helps you buy into the into it all and. Yeah, having some uh, really cool new models. I think the um, you know be can't wait to see it in hand. But the obviously we've we've spoken about the Void Dragon, the Shard of the Void Dragon, how cool that is. Um, the Simon King miniature as well. I'm seeing miniature. It's not. It's, a, it's almost like an action playset. Um, that yeah, yeah, and um, you know just like the even just the the the, the new Necron Warriors in the in the new box set. You know the amount of you know, just by giving them a little bit more character, you know, sort of rather than all just being stood in one pose and and all holding their guns like that, they, you know, they they I'm just looking at one now, you know, just having that just a slight head tilt and you know a bit of battle damage and all the rest of it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good range. So really, yeah. Uh, it's one of their strongest now. I mean, obviously, um, Ian was talking about Death Guard as well, which, you know, Gene Steel Court's my absolute fave, Death Guard. I mean, Necrons have gone from, they were a good range. Um, I mean, they were a weird one in that their centerpieces for me were still. Quite, let down. Well, they were quite old models still because you. Yeah. So you've got your monolith, um, which is definitely a centerpiece because it's fucking massive. 
Um, then you've got other things like um, the Deceiver and the Nightbringer. They're centerpieces because of what they are, but their scale is quite small compared to what we're used to now when you look at Mortarion and things. Um, and then you've got... Um, so actually things like um, Doomsday Arcs became almost centerpieces because they were just big models. And I think they're great models, and I like them as ghost arcs as well. Um, but the, the Flyers, um, you know, they, they yeah. I love them. I've never owned one, never owned one, I've, and I love them to bits. Um, and I told myself that once I get all the Indomitus stuff painted up for the Necrons is... I mean, Necrons aren't actually, they're not actually an army I'm planning to play, which is really weird. Like, I just want to paint them. Um, yeah. I treat myself to uh, to one of the, the croissants, as, as everyone likes to call them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think they've gone to an incredibly strong range. Um, the only one thing I think I'm going to be a bit disappointed about. Now, I'm slightly apprehensive with the new Codex because I don't want to see the old destroyers disappear. Yeah. Um, because if they do, I actually lose quite a big chunk of my army. So I'm, oh, hope okay. I'm hoping that isn't the case. I'm hoping they just, like you know their tactical marines you know they just kind of they're still there there's still a nod yeah they, they certainly do still fill a role within a necro army there is, is isn't there a new floaty destroyer model that's coming boy. out yeah one with a massive gun he's like the locust isn't he spelt spelt yeah. weird so i my hope is that those don't get phased out um I hope. I mean, the other one is, and it's funny, it's a funny when you think about it, which is flayed ones. I mean, I love flayed ones. The idea behind them are brilliant. Um, but we've gone from um, old... Were there, were there actually any original metal models? I don't know. I can't remember. But they did the fine cast sculpt, um, which were great at the time, and they've aged badly, and they're fine cast. And you need them in large units. They're, uh, they're funny looking. But I was expecting, I was, you know, when they're talking about Necrons, I'm like, ooh, we could get flayed ones, but I think we're moving towards more of a, a unified force, and I don't think the flayed ones fit that anymore. No, I was reading their fluff, and they just like randomly show up. On, uh, like they're, they're like they're an, sort of they're like an infestation, and they yeah. Because the I think one thing one thing of the the fluff that um the fluff it's not fluff background is I'm not such a fan of. I think Necrons don't have the capability of um, interplanetary flight. Um, into system flight at least i think they don't they piggyback off the webway or something there's something along those I'm lines not, I'm the sure. i can't remember so that's how the the flayed ones get about they basically just they're like in the labyrinth in the in the webway and they just crop up on different planets oh, um, nice. so that's the idea behind those so i i feel those those will go um but i think i think we've got a couple more questions i think that's enough on on how awesome necrons are unless you've got anything yeah. else you want to add no, I think um, just uh, you know, looking forward to that and the um, and just all the. I, I like how they've they, they've with the. Um, have you ever seen the uh, collection of animated shorts called uh, based on the Matrix films? Animatrix. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that bit. There's the. Um, they remind me of uh, sort of a cross between the Harvesters in in the Matrix and sure. the War of the World. Things like the. Reanimators and yes, stuff that yeah, the Necrons have, definitely. So, like, I like the um, the idea of, like, I quite like a lot of the Cryptek stuff. I just think that's 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 a pretty cool sort of side of of the um, Necrons, and I do like those. Just like the very, they don't look like they should. You know, they're, they're very well engineered as models. You know, very yeah. spindly and top heavy, but yeah, really, really cool. 
no, I, I agree. I agree. And same with, this, I, I always like the tomb spiders and things. Again, yeah. the models I've just not owned. Um, right, well, we'll start with, the, so we, we ran the competition and the winner that I chose um, that won those, some of my excess Dark Imperium Primaris um, is Tabletop System Understander uh, at Playbook Pirate. I'm interested in what your response is on this one, Rob, because I think I know oh. what you're going to say. If you had the chance to do a supplement for a subgroup has never got one before in the style of something like the Farsight Enclaves, Iron Hands, Crimson Slaughter. What would you choose and why? Mm-hmm. Uh, Exodites. <laughs> yes, yeah, winner, winner, winner. I knew you were going to say Exodites. <laughs> uh, yeah, just simply, I mean, you know, there's been uh, obviously there's a lot of conversion uh, opportunity with the. Um, uh, with the lizard man range, especially with like the, the carnosaur troglodon and the, you know, the bigger, the bigger models, Bastilodon and Stegodon, all the rest of it. Um, and it was always something that I'd wanted to do. Um, but I, I know the moment that I start, you know, cause they're very, you know, you're talking, you know, a carnosaur kit and an Eldar Wraith Knight kit, you know, um, for one particular model, you're talking, Hundred and fifty pounds for <laughs> what would essentially be an Eldar Falcon yeah. or a Wave Set, you know, for something that you'd need at least like three of potentially. Um, it should be something that's it's not quite cost effective. And I know my luck that if I, you know, had a bit of a windfall and thought, sod it, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go for it. That GW would be going, hey, guess what we're releasing next month? Exodites. Um, yeah, Exodites. And they'd, they'd be you know, just slightly better than what I'd come up with. <laughs> and I'd want to get them anyway because they'd look really, really cool. And a lot of my stuff would be redundant. And yeah, it's just something that I can't, I just can't put myself through. <laughs> it's funny. It's genuinely something that I, th- I mean, I'm, I'm not totally immersed in 40k, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into some of the resources that I use to kind of stay, stay afoot of things. And, you don't see them like i've not i've hardly seen any extant armies and they're just maybe it's because we're a little bit more of the old school they are an old concept yeah um you know that i think there's one there's one that you, again you look on pinterest or something like that for ideas from and there's not much that crops up um there's one particular one where you know guys done you know he's done the the big uh you know wraith lord cannon on the side of a carnosaur type thing and and you know made like the like a howder uh you know for one of a better word. And I think to be actually on this, you know, stuff like the, some of the stuff from, um, the, uh, uh, what are they called? I'm blanking on them. The fish, uh, eels Deepkin. army, deepkin. So like, you know, you could repurpose, you know, like, cause that was always a thing was, was you know, there'd be a lot of scratch building involved in, in doing a lot of stuff like that, but like the howlers off of the back of the turtle, Yes, and um, you know yeah. things like that would would, yeah. would would work really well with that kind of thing. So yeah, they've there's a lot of rideable bits, haven't they? Yeah, and you could you know you could quite easily sort of Eldar them up, you know, to to make them look you know a bit more sort of futuristic. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that you know I've always kind of whenever I've had like a a lull in you know my thoughts of you know converting and and whatnot, I, I you know my brain always does go back to that and think oh you could do, but then. I know that it's just going to be something that and I think if, if it, it's, it's, it's one of those races that, you know, as much as it'd be cool to have a supplement, I think they'd, they'd do them and they would, they'd have to go big with them, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd have to, because just of the very, you couldn't do like one or two characters or a unit to, you know, like they've done with things like, um, 
you know, a psychic awakening by just you know dropping an extra you know a character here or a, perhaps a, a unit there. They'd have to do a, a big release to to warrant it. And it, it'll you know I think it might be perhaps Jez Goodwin's swan song when he you know decides <laughs> to retire maybe possibly Jez if Jez if you're listening. Um, but yeah, that I think uh, that'd be my choice. I, I for me, I think as much as I'd like to see it, I don't think they ever will because it doesn't fill anything. Doesn't fill a need. No. Um, and I actually think the Harlequins, in a way, I think there could well have been a conversation. We go, right, we're doing Exolites or we're doing Harlequins. And yeah, yeah, that true. They, they went with Harlequins. Um, for me, mine's a little bit more niche in that something that I've always loved and I think we've seen, and I think it's a shame within the Codex, um, is the idea of allied races with Tau. Um you know, the crew feel very dated nowadays. You know, they've got more units, I think, with Ford World than they do out in the actual books. Yeah. Um, Vespids, awesome models when they came out, but they're quite dated now. But yeah, that, that I would like to see that side of the Tau Empire um, kind of, you know, have rules for having humans and well, anything in the army other than chaos, really, and possibly, <laughs> possibly orcs, uh, you know, maybe even a Space Marine chapter that's, you know, converted to the greater good, you know. Yeah. that just that would just be cool i think it just give options for a different way of playing tau kind of having them as the uh you know it's almost like um the old roman legions where they've got the auxiliary which i suppose is what essentially they are um yeah and they're the kind of the stuff you throw at the enemy lines first and then the tower rock up in the crisis suits and just delete everybody um but that's something that i've i've always i always liked the idea of and it's never seemed fully fleshed out so that'd be cool little something something a bit different yeah um, would add something a little bit more to towers well, rather than just we're going to shoot your loads yeah i think a tower auxiliary but you know you, you could have you know it leads you know it leads you, know, you could either go focus on one particular race or you could just update like you know you could have really cool stingwing models now yeah. um you know like you say they have a you know you could perhaps release just three boxes of three different types of thing and have a few weapon options in there and then like you said that's it job done makes me think also of the old regiments of renown for um what yeah, fantasy. yeah yeah they can just go here you go here's a new box here's the rules here's yeah. your bear men knock yourself out nice <laughs> your bear men <laughs> oh, bear men oh, um, so next question we've got from conrad cruz himself um, is it, no, it's not cruisers, it's Kurs. Uh, <laughs> <My> cruise. <laughs> I'd love them in Top Gun. Which is one for James. A new one looks really good. Um, so he asked a simple question. Do Space Marine chapters still create old-style Marines to pilot older vehicles? What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, but then, I, I, yes. So, uh, I believe, so I believe and understand the question is yes overall, because... I mean, we're talking about space marines, and this is the Imperium. Space marines still have little sense, like they they put smoke and oils and mystical sensors on their fucking bolt guns. So just because Bellius crawls rocked up with a new new way of creating um, bigger scale space marines, doesn't mean they've changed their their generations, <laughs> thousands of years of uh, indoctrination. So I'm pretty sure they're still making normal space marines and i think this is something that just overall like normal space marines are still a thing um gw will still support them for a long time because people have a lot of old space marines um they were saying this with the points as well like we saw the new points and straight away people were like oh my god they're pointing out all the old space marine stuff and it's like no it's got up in points because it's good 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's just what happened, and some of the older Marine stuff went down in woods. Uh, but stuff like what Death Company, the... we still not, we still got old Death Company, old Sanguinary Guard. Yeah. What do you think of the um, uh, like the drop turret or the drop base, whatever they they, they uh, previewed the? Um, it's very like cool. The bunker. It's very cool. I can't help but it reminds me a bit of a mask toy from the 90s. Yeah, that's why it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and, and, and like I say, it's cool, it's fine. I think it, it's great. I think the fact it's painted bright blue doesn't doesn't overly help. I think, um, you know, if I did it in my Weather Blood Angel scheme, it, it'd look a lot. Yeah, you just put like a, just a plastic boulder on the top that when anyone got near, you just flicked and it rolled <laughs> off and crushed all their models. Yeah, it sounds amazing. But yeah, I love all the new Primara stuff. I hate the comparison of the... Um, the ATV looking like a Mario Kart and stuff. It just annoys me so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So the answer to that question is, the, I my, my understanding is they are still making old Marines because that's what they've been set up to do for thousands of years. And that's yeah. part of the process. Um, so the next question was from um, Heavenly Thunder, which is at Chase Delice. Uh, what is a cool conversion idea you guys have for your favorite 40K army? So let's just talk about Necrons, because that's what you've been raving about. Any, I know yeah. you don't want to, but have you got a conversion idea you want to do? Um, there's been a few uh, ideas with just like sort of um, a few couple of re, you know sort of reposing and stuff, but that's more along that's that's you know, just the nature of the the box set and and wanting to you know especially with the I, I was thinking of running a, a unit of six of the uh, the destroyers. Yeah, um, the along with the Lord. Yeah, so you know, perhaps reposing them, and then you know, perhaps you know, a couple of them maybe scuttling over more sort of uh, bulkier terrain um, at weird, you know, perhaps more weird angles, just giving that more kind of sinister, kind of scuttly kind of vibe. Maybe sort of you know, going up the side of a of a wall to you know, like maybe one leg pinned for you know horizontally against the side of a wall. And then I think, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So uh, a bit of reposing conversion wise. Um, like I, I'd been, it was something that I'd, I'd thought about with um, my Zinch army. And that was to have um, like, like some of the horrors, uh, you know, and it was a way of them interacting with the display board that I was going to do with them was to have, um, them like appearing like out of portals sort of but the portals you know so you'd almost you, you see you see it with the, the there's quite a, um, a well-known uh, conversion of this someone's cut a lord of change in half and he's walking stepping out yes. of a round gate absolutely so similar sort of thing but with like um the like necrons um or some of the warriors again just to break up the set a little bit just have them um just thinking of a way where <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like Rick and Morty portals. I don't um, know what that is. You know, I've seen Rick and Morty. No. Rick and, well, you know, like imagine just like a circular portal that something's stepping out of. Um, but then having the portals at like quite weird, not weird, but like perhaps sort of rather than being horizontal, uh, vertical, and then sort of stepping out like that realm gate conversion, have them like maybe at a 45 degree angle, uh, you know, offset against the, like against the horizontal and have like the Necron sort of like sort of appearing out of it, but then have sort of maybe the, the gun barrel, 
um, you know, like almost give the illusion that, that there's no, you know, so it looks like the, the gun barrel, like the end of the gun barrel is just touching the, you know, a bit of rubble or something on the base slightly. So the port was completely suspended. Okay. So yeah. it look, it just, so it just looks, you know, to the, you know, you'd have to sort of, you have to take a second look at it and think, how's, how's, that's just floating in midair, you know, um, you know, there's nothing sort of holding the actual portal side of it up. Um, but it was always, uh, you know, what to use as the actual portal itself, you know, whether it's just, uh, you know, like a, a I think the, um, what was I going to use? It, there was something I was going to get the, um, you know, the old monolith had the portal, like the the clear green door, basically. Yeah, the barrel, um, and then just press mold that. That's good. Um, uh, onto or just onto the, you know, in you know quite hard, you know, tougher like maybe milliput or something that's uh, a little bit easier to machine and you're not as floppy as green stuff. And just have like discs like that, or even you know you could use that as a basis to make like a little roller and just roll the you know just roll it out onto you know onto milliput and something and just like little cookie cutters to cut the portals out. Just have these perfectly so because I think that ties more into the Necron like technology that the portals wouldn't have like little swirly bits coming that they'd just be like just a portal, just a, just a perfect circle that they were coming out of rather than having like any kind of wispy bits coming off the edges or whatever. Um, so, and, you know, perhaps use the Tesseract glow for that and have that sort of the RSL creeping up the figures. So that'd be quite a good way of um, breaking up. But I don't know if that fits the fluff. I'd want it to be fluffy. Do you know what I mean? Like as well. I think it does. That sounds quite awesome. I but having them, having them appear out of, you could do that. You could, you could scale that up to some of the bigger models as well. And it become a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a theme across the army that you know they're they're appearing. You know, some of the units are actually just appearing out of nowhere. I think that'd look cool. be quite cool. And it also answers a question from uh, at uh, Yapik as well, so that's that's cool. Talk about some of your crazy ideas. Yeah, double double whammy. Um, uh, next one is from. Uh, we've actually had some really good questions, which I'm going to save for future episodes, such as um, uh, not like those shit ones we've just had. <laughs> yeah, they're all dog shit. No, Redman Phil <laughs> asked about some some techniques for painting vehicles as a topic, which I want to talk about a bit more as a de- designated section because I've yeah. got to crack into my Goliath soon. So we'll, we'll talk about that on a future episode. Well, I think um, that'd be a good time to the um, the the, uh, the monolith and some of the terrain that they've the, for the yeah. Necrons as well, some of the bigger pieces. So yeah, we'll touch that yeah. then. Good idea, good idea. Um, so next one is from Straylight87. Um, should they bring the hero building rules from AOS to 40k? Uh, yes. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. Yeah. I think I almost think if they're trying them out in AOS, there is a bit of a crossover between the two game systems that we could well in the future see that in 40k. Bear in mind that was brought into AOS by a general's handbook, so you know this could be um, a chapter approved in the future. We'll see. Um Next question is from Jake at Hall of Legends. I'd love to hear your opinions on basing salamanders. Uh, the paint scheme doesn't really lend itself to obvious bases, and I don't want to go to my safe space, uh, safe place of snow with these fire boys. So any initial thoughts on that one, Rob? Um, so green. Um, yeah, I mean, I think having uh, like perhaps a... Um, Again, going back to the narrative, they're 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 considered to, to be probably the most sort of 
classically heroic Space Marine chapter, as far as they, you know, they look after the little guy, don't they? Um, and so, you know, you could sort of liberating a, a hive or something like that. And, and you could, you could almost go, um, you know, there's loads of, loads of kits and bits available, but you could go rather than just doing the, the obvious thing that would contrast with the green armor, which would be like a, a riser rust sort of mechanica Mars type base. You could go with, um, like a, like an interior, like a underhive type thing and use the sector mechanica spaces, but then, you know, it quite heavily rust them up. So they still have the silver, you know, the, the dark silver, the bases, which will frame the, the models quite nicely because they, uh, Salamander miniatures look quite good on the molten bases, you know, with the dark yes. and the yeah. little spots of red. But you could almost replicate that with, um, that rust patches and stuff. And, um, you could start if you, if you, uh, were bringing in, uh, in, introduce a little bit of verdigris. You're introducing that uh, like teal color, which works, which offsets well with your standard greens. Um, it worked quite well with my, if you look at the, the blades and the, the flame effects and stuff on my Wood Elf army, uh, for like the bows and the the Kenoth Hunter blades, that sort of t- that sort of um, cyberite kind of greeny, t- you know, whatever color you want to call it, works quite well against like the orange and reds of the of the rust and um obviously the, the the more sort of green green of the of the marines as well and you've got you, you you're going to naturally have some obviously you have flame of weapons and stuff like that and all the rest of it i don't know how you know sort of into you're going to be doing like fire effects on the armor and things like that but having that uh it's, it's kind of like a neutral base but then you're gonna you'll be able to introduce the spot colors on the base with the rust and the verdigris that will contrast with the with the green armor, perhaps. I think they're all much well thought, much better thought out plans than I have. Uh, or, <laughs> what should I say? Um, I actually consider salamanders actually quite both a tricky and easy one. Um, I think the color scheme for salamanders themselves is because it has such strong colors. So it's green and black, which is which is a nice nice combination. But then you have the you know the flame you have the red um and obviously everything that comes with painting up that color as well comes with it so you've got your oranges and you've got your yellows um so i they can actually seem very busy very quickly um so i think for me simple bases work well however the lava bases fire bases always look great with them because i think salamanders have such a strong visual connection so you look at them and you know they're salamanders and you know they love their fiery planets and all this stuff so having the 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 fire-based bases works really well just visually because of the theme i actually think if i did salamanders i would actually go for snow something like snow bases or something along those lines because I think they have such a strong colour scheme that something neutral suits them very well as well. So you're basically framing the models. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of your ideas are great there. And actually, I think I think texture is one of the key ones, is acting, thinking about it. So I think the idea of having the, the Mechanicus bases, which moves away from the smooth lines of Marines, particularly the Primaris, um, and you can start adding in kind of the rust elements and, you know, dry brushes it's and, a and weathering. And stuff. Yeah, it, make, it, it creates a good juxtaposition to the kind of the the smoothness of the um of the actual uh, you know marine profile themselves yeah. um so yeah I, I think that worked quite well and um 
you know, even bit, maybe a bit of cheeky OSL on the bases, you know, some some green glow or something along those lines of a very luminous colour would would help kind of bring a point of interest to potentially a drab kind of uh, industrial base. Or say in that actually probably hazards hazard stripes. Yeah, and hazard stripes. Yeah, work really well. Um, or even just um, almost like pavement, um, you know, with the white markings and things like that. I think. I think would be a good one. So I think if it was me, if I was doing a salamander army, I think actually I'd take what Rob said and kind of go for that um, kind of rusted, beaten uh, Mechanica style basing um, with, um, I think I, I'd do some hazard stripes and white lines and maybe even do some transfers and things just to, to, to make the bases interesting and look as though it's a, you know, it's a livable environment. If you were a working environment, I think that'd suit quite well. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, so next one is a uh, good friend Ben Smith uh, with the new narrative rules, which I know you haven't really looked at. Um, do you think <laughs> we will start to see raw style 40k events? Um, so I think my gut feeling here is: Do I think we will? Possibly. In I don't think we'll see something like raw. Uh, I think raw is very and the AOS events we have. I think they're a very, they take a very particular group of people um, who've had thoughts about what they, you know, around this idea for a long time since back in 8th edition. I really hope there will be. Um, I think Crusade is a fantastic system and um, I'm going to do a designated, we'll do a dedicated episode on Crusade. Not just reading through the rules, but kind of talking about implementation and what you can do with it. Crusade is fant- is a fantastic narrative, rule again, rules-based system. It rules it. One of the things you have with AOS is you say, what do you want to play? You know, you default to playing match play a lot of the time because that's just how AOS plays. You don't have any rules. But 40K is one-upped AOS in my eyes in having a narrative system. A rules, you can literally run your games narratively as much as you want with a fantastic rule set. I think Crusade is phenomenal. And I'm actually in the process of converting it to aos because i think it works so well so i'm hoping that people love crusade as much as i do and others uh, do um and great has been supported in future codexes it's going to be a thing because actually for me that's how i want to play 40k i'm not that fussed about match play um so yes i really 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 do hope we will not sure we will for a while because i'm not sure that group exists to get it going yeah um any any think, thoughts on that? Yeah, I just think it. it, it I mean, uh, again, yeah, I think um, it would take, you know, someone like that, you know, with with the. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about the the Warhammer 40k scene to know if there is stuff like that going on. Um, I, I imagine there is, but um, I just think it's it's perhaps. You know, they might, they, you know, they put the feelers out. Is there stuff like that going or going on already? You know, yeah, we, you know, definitely. The OS scene that that we that we that we are in, although we have, you know, there are things like you know the, the, the amount of effort that the boys have put into things like Raw, you know, have obviously become extremely uh, well known and for good reason um, and held in high regard in our circles. You know, is there something out there that you know forty k? You know, that, that someone's doing forty k? You know. Or is there a group listening, you know, maybe members listening and they've got together where their mates and they are planning something? If so, definitely let yeah. me know. That'd be awesome. I yeah. genuinely really, really, really would like to know if that's the case. So based in the UK, of course, and maybe something early next year, I'd, I'd rock along to that. Yeah. 
Um, so next question is actually something we've been talking about this morning in one of my chats, which is Momus uh, at uh, Samus 7. When will they do a good guardsman sprue? So the reason why this was talked about today is I still find it a bit weird that Katie has been blown up because the Imperial Guard models that GW have as their Imperial... I know it's... A, um, they've got a different name now which I can't remember um, oh, they're always going to be Imperial Guard to me they're Cadians so it's like it just feels a bit weird that all those Imperial Guard factions we've seen over the years like the Catachans, the Mordian Iron Guard Talon, they're not really supported as full rangers, modern rangers yeah. shall we say um, but Cadians are but the blue Cadia yeah. 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 see yeah, what I mean it's a bit like yeah. what so when, yeah. technically, whenever you... Well, not technically. Technically, is not the right, the right word at all. But, you know, you're using the KD models to pretty much play... You know, the, the brood mother, the brood brothers for um, Gene Stiller Cults are Cadian models. And I, get, I know they're not Cadian, but, this, <laughs> you know, it has that connection. They are, yeah. to me, they're Cadian models. So, yeah. Do you think that's something that, that, that you know... That, again, do you think that's something that perhaps is um, lined up for a, a big... Re reinvention. Obviously, they, they've spent a lot. Of the, you know, there's a lot of uh, standoff models um, that they've that they've done for Imper Imper uh, well, Astra Militarum. Um, That's it. Well done. Well the, the, uh, um, and you know, they seem to have focused on the Catachans. Um, and I, but I know the uh, the Catachan sprue is. Um, well, yeah, it's a lot of. Older than the Cadian one, and well, it was, they all look like Sylvester Stallone that yeah. had a bad allergic reaction to fish. Um, <laughs> all a little bit sort of swollen and all the rest of it. So yeah, I think uh, you know perhaps uh, you know the, the you know I, th I think uh, you know a lot of people would wouldn't doubt that the that the Imperial Guard just by their very nature of, of the designs, you know, the tanks still stand up, um, you know, all the all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but certainly. Uh, you know, they, they, I think they're one range that, you know, along with Eldar, that have um, suffered from, you know, haven't had a massive range update, as far as I can remember. In no, the last I mean, 10 years or so. I don't no. think, I mean, they've had stuff out, you know, the odd vehicle. I think the, the last one was they had like, the Ogrins, didn't they, and the, the Scions and the, like, the little Scion truck and, um, so, you know, a few sort of bits and bobs like that. But actually, as a full, you know, Astra Militarum kind of thing. They, I don't think they've had anything. No. So well, I might be wrong. For me, I still... So um, I think I actually think Cadian stuff's fine. Like, I think the models are fine. I think as an army, they, they work quite well. Um, they're not ideal. They're, they're a little bit dated now with podgy hands and podgy faces, but um, they're not too bad. Um, but it's more the, the law that, you know, that's their world that's dead and everyone uses them. Um, I actually think think that the tempest science was the I, I got the impression they were replacing imperial guard when they came out uh i think this was i feel like it was gw's way of doing primaris on imperial guard and kind of moving away from <laughs> having loads of just models on the boards and loads of tanks and stuff and moving away from that idea for the game i think that might have been an early kind of version of that before they you know made the board smaller and yeah. stuff um, because I think 
the Tempest Science. I, th- I feel I have a feeling that's what it was. I think also something you've got to bear in mind is that GW nowadays, um, you know, it's a, it's a large company who's very much aware of what it's doing. Um, so it does it does play to social trends. And what I mean by that is I don't think you're ever going to see Talon again. Um, because it, it, it enforces a stereotype, which I think GW move yeah, away yeah. from those nowadays. Same with the Mordian Iron Guard. You know, those obvious stereotypes is something that they they drop like hot potatoes now. Um, yeah. So I think, and I was saying this in, the, in, in this group chat that I mentioned earlier, is that I, I think if we see anything for the Imperial Guard in the future, it will be the AOS design aesthetic for it, in that it will be something unique. It will be a combination of... Um, ideas. It could well be that, you know, GW with 40k in particular, as we're talking about those old models, they don't really phase anything out. So I think they're, they're, they're almost one of the things that are just there for the sake of it. I think they would have liked to have seen taking them out completely and, you know, to put in the Tempest Science and they were the new thing. Um, but that, yeah. that's my impression of it. You know, you saw, Gary actually made, Gary Hennessy actually made a joke um, about stormcasts um but as i actually you say that but i don't think like if they had if they went that extreme with it and they were just like here's the imperial guardsmen we've completely redesigned them so this is this is what they are now um you're like oh okay cool right that's that's awesome and new uh, and then the other stuff can just fade out in the background yeah kind of what they've done with primaris and it to a to an extent i would yeah, be surprised I mean, the, the next army the, that happens to the, the only the only thing that makes me think that they'll might keep is is well i don't know actually but there's the the traitor guardsmen in the blackstone fortress stuff and yeah that um they, they kept they were just like a, a more sort of modern sculpt of a similar aesthetic i guess but you know you could always chalk that down to them being old traitor guardsmen you know so yeah i could see a revamp of the range yeah yeah definitely um, but yeah, I, I think if they do, it'll be something, which is great. It's great to see something new, right? Yeah. Um, uh, next one from uh, good friend Carl Smith at Hidden Realm. So he's one of the um, chump kings, if you've not, not met them before. Um, so guide to starting 40k and best places to seek inspiration for themes. So for me, so I don't really play 40k. Uh, I played narrative. I've literally played narrative power levels the entire last edition. And that isn't an awful lot. I did a couple of events, which I loved played a couple of casual games which was great um so actually during lockdown i i was really drawn to apocalypse before ninth edition um was announced because wanted to use my blood angels um so i actually found um watching battle reports um so tabletop tactics for me just immerse yourself in it just watch the guys playing the games um once you get used to them um it took me a little bit of time because there's certain moments i'm not such a fan of and there's a little bit of shouting and screeching and annoying noises which bug me but as i got to know the characters a bit more so bone and beard for example are great um just watching the guys play they've got always have fully painted armies um they always have uh, tables done in the tables are always nice which is great um and it's presented very well so i would always recommend if you want to start 40k just while you're doing a little bit of hobby just whack those battle reports on in the background and you'll be surprised the amount of information you just soak up in you know just just while you're hobbying um and for me i mean best place to seek inspiration for themes 40k for me is always movies it's always movies 
Um, and like I said, Gene's still a cool. I mean, I'm I'm looking at I'm watching Aliens, I'm watching Event Horizon, um, I'm playing games, I'm playing Dead Space. It's that connection is always there for me. I mean, if you're playing Space Marines, if you want to watch Astartes on YouTube, oh so good absolutely absolutely phenomenal if that doesn't get you pumped for space marines nothing will so 40k is actually in a great way um in regards to medium there's some amazing videos you can watch movies you can watch um even watching stuff like um um edge of tomorrow you know watching people run around in exo armor and stuff you know that's that for me is what what gets what what gets me going um but yeah for starting the game i think watching something like tabletop tactics is is a really good way of, of picking up information i think all the videos that teach you how to play the games don't do a very good job of it um i had i took the same approach with my titanicus i don't know i haven't played a game yet but i feel like i could because i watched about 20 25 battle reports on um the guy who reads book channel i can't remember what it is now um gorilla miniature game that's it um they were just playing um they were just playing games of titanicus so i just watched the miles hobby on my titanicus and i think i can play a game now what about you rob is there anything have you anything that you're thinking of doing to getting you back into playing 40k um no, not really. Uh, apart from perhaps, you know, I say popping over to this, uh, my mate's house, um, you know, a couple of times, maybe just sort of get an idea of the game. Again, it's, you know, it, yeah, I just, I just, I don't, like, I, I think having the, you know, having a couple of games of, of something is kind of, it's almost like, like whenever, you know, we, me and Ian used to have a, a Wednesday night, we'd pop over, I'd, pop over to his house we play a game and you know it's kind of you know, it's the same as when we go to events it's just almost an excuse to, to sit there and talk crap for a couple of hours you know rather than anything else so like I've never really been you know I, I used to take you know again well well documented that I used to, you know when I first got back into the hobby I, I you know during fifth edition I, I did take it rather seriously and and was playing at least two games a week and it was getting you know, really getting my eye in um as far as playing it competitively um and it's just I, you know i'm just not in that space anymore you know with it i don't think uh, you know again it you know perhaps go to a tournament but then it'd only really be going for a going for a laugh and i you know i don't think i'd necessarily go to a you know an a a 40k tournament on my own you know, I'd, I'd want to go with a bunch of mates more for the social side of things. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and playing the games is, is kind of a bit sort of second nature. I, you know, I would like to get a handle on it and, and not be able to be a complete waste of time for any anyone that I played. Um, you know, not not certainly not taking seven hours or whatever it's long to uh, play you against uh, with, with Slanesh and against your uh, Bone Reapers um, like we did that time. Uh, a couple of just before lockdown when they came down, but um, you know it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, well in the past, I mean, I, I'm I'm a, a very much a watching someone do something will always you know rather than being told or read about it, you know, I I learn by watching a lot better than I do anything else. You know, you pick up on um a lot I pick up certainly pick up a lot more when I when I learn like that. You know, I'd much rather someone show me how to do something than um than anything else. So yeah, watching I used to do I used to watch a lot of battle reports and live game, you know, sort of people that have videoed games and stuff just to get an idea of different tactics and all the rest of it. And you know, like I said you you learn a lot through 
just sort of almost by osmosis, didn't you? Just by sitting, you could be just listening to it. And yeah. you know, if you're hobbying away and painting away, then you know you, you don't necessarily you know watch every single dice roll or whatever because that just determines the outcome of the game. It's more about you know if they're a good channel and they're just sort of, sort of describing rules and and stuff. There was um, a couple of really competitive uh, channels that I used to watch that would talk you through. They'd stop the game and talk you through their reasoning behind a move and and all the rest of it. You know, it's quite in depth stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to get into that kind of things, like anything, you know, whatever whatever way of learning suits you best, and crack on, you know. Yeah, I think if you want to learn the games, it's generally best to to look at it from the most the <laughs> the, the most competitive presentation because you'll grab the game. They they'll they'll explain the nuances to you. Yeah. Um, and, and on, kind of on that note, and I think as we're drawing toward the end as well, if you want a great overview of the Crusade system uh, for 40k, is um, have a listen to. Um, so welcome back, firstly to uh, Gary Hennessy, uh, Spanky, <laughs> uh, Tom Hewitt. Um, they've launched their Realm Rift um, podcast and released their first episode uh, a couple of days ago, uh, which was a, a nice kind of not too in depth. But but just the right amount of get you excited um, detail on Crusade. Good listen to those guys, full of positivity, good couple of laughs in there, some sweet sexual innuendos from Mr. Hewitt. Um, and it's just great to hear those guys back on back on the radio waves. Um, so they were formerly uh, the Triumvirate um, and also Age of Sigbra, if you're into your AOS, and they kind of merged it, kind of general, whereas we're going a bit AOS and 40K, they're going general, even a bit more general, it seems. They'll be talking numerous different gaming systems. Um, so have a listen to those. And Dan and Steve over at Priority Roll as well, um, did quite a kind of a very early initial look at the Crusade system, um, so that's worth worth a little listen if you're interested in those. Um, and like I said, yeah, check out Tabletop Tactics They're on YouTube. Um, they also have their own website where you can pay a five pound sub- subscription to get access to more shows, which I am actually signed up for because I do thoroughly enjoy them. And during lockdown, I've watched everything, so <laughs> can't say better than that. Um, cool. any, any final words from yourself, Mr. Ellis? Yeah, no, that's it. Well, thank you. Good catching up and and everything. It's, um, yeah, just looking forward to you know the new new releases and hopefully you can keep uh, keep up with uh, you know with, with painting some of this stuff. I think, like I said before, basic paint scheme is always going to be helpful. And I've just noticed I'm looking at a Necron Warrior now from the box set. He's got a scarab on his bottom, <laughs> nice. um, which is a cool little touch. So yeah, on that note, thank you very much, mate. And uh, you're welcome. Yes, enjoy your. Soon, man. Enjoy your bottom scarab. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.
Oh, 